sorry, as I was saying, Psalm chapter 23. We're going to be seeing the whole chapter of Psalm, but it's only it's only six verses, but I only wrote down what was um I saw as important. I mean, the whole thing's important, but the things that stand out. So, the Lord is my shepherd. I have, I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet, water, quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Amen. Lord, praise the Lord. So verse 1, the Lord is everything I need. Verse 3, very important. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. So in other words, leads me to the path of righteousness. Verse 4, even though I go through the darkest valley, Darkest valley, meaning your um, darkest, deepest, loneliest of moments. So even then, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He gives me comfort and reassurance. Amen. In those times, not only does it give me the comfort and the reassurance, but he will also give you the comfort that you need, that embrace, and that reassurance that everything is going to be okay in the name of Jesus. Amen? Verse 5. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So, let's... let's um cut this verse into two parts so the first part we are god's chosen yeah the the first part where it says you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies so we are god's chosen people and he will lift us high so that the enemy can see that god goes before us and gives us the victory And then the second half, where it says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So the word anointed, it means to be set apart for God. Then it says, my head with oil. In other words, my mind and soul, your being filled slash touched by the Holy Spirit. To be aligned with God. Then it says, my cup overflows. Which in other words, one spiritual being. Your spirit. It overflows with God's presence. The Holy Spirit. Verse 6. Where it says, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the present, the house 
excuse me, the house of the Lord as long as I live. So all the days of my life, goodness and faithful love of God will pursue me and I will be with God forever. Amen. Man, I feel the presence of the Lord in my own room. It is so hot and the AC is on. (laughs) Lord, you are so good. Amen. Bring on the fire, Lord. All right. Psalm 119. Psalm chapter 119, verse 25. Trying to find it. Um, okay, so it says, My life is down in the dust. Give me life through your word. So, my life is down in the dust. What can that possibly mean? Well, we were made from dust and to dust we shall return, which we can find that in Genesis chapter two, verse seven. I'm not going to go specifically straight there, but, you know, reference to reference it. Go to Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Give me life through your word. In other words, it's trying to say it, what it's saying is God's word gives us life and hope. So what God says to you and what he says to me and what he says to other people is to give us life and to bring us that hope to keep moving forward in what we are going through to keep on searching for his presence. Amen. Now we're going to we're we're going to stay again in the book of Psalm. We're just going to go in cha- to chapter 42. Psalm chapter 42 verse 5 through 11. Oh, it says, "Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Misar. Deep deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls and your waves and breakers have swept over me. By the day, the Lord directs his love and... um, at night, his song is with me, a prayer to to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, may you or why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for he will yet, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So, verse 5 and verse 11, they both have in common, put your hope in God. In other words, no matter what is going on, keep looking for God's presence. Even though you begin to question it and you begin to doubt, remember, praise him. Because when you praise, you create that beautiful atmosphere. 
and you gain a new perspective. Amen? Proverbs Proverbs 15, 13. Where it says, A joyful heart makes a face cheerful, but a sad heart produces a broken spirit. So, a sad heart produces a broken spirit. What does that mean? So, your heart produces what is inside. If there is love, joy, happiness, kindness, then your life will be cheerful. But if within your heart there is bitterness, hate, greed, lust, then you will begin to reap a miserable lifestyle. Proverbs 17, verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So underline the word broken spirit. Or phrase, broken spirit. But what does this mean? So living your life in a happy way that pleases God will incur- will be encouragement to others. But a person who is living a way that isn't pleasing to God, you're slowly dying spiritually to the point in which there is no return. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Where it says, do you, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Powerless Youths may become faint and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. So, verse 28. The Lord is the everlasting God. Verse 31. Those who trust in the Lord. Strength is renewed. You soar on the wings of an eagle. You run. You don't get weary. You walk and you don't. And you're not faint. Again. We're going to reread. John chapter 16. Verse 33. John sixteen thirty three. Have I told you these things so that you and me, so that in me you have peace? You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. So God has conquered the world. So relax, breathe, and know that God is in control. Amen? Second of Timothy. Let's go to Second of Timothy chapter two, verse three through thirteen. As a good soldier of Christ Jesus, accept your share of troubles we have. A soldier wants to please his commanding officer. So we 
So he does not spend any time on activities that are not part of his duty. Athletes in a race must obey all the rules to win. The farmer who works hard deserves the first part of the harvest. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand it. And, oh, verse 8. Remember Jesus, remember Jesus Christ. He is the only, he is from the family of David. Just, oh, oops. After Jesus died, he was raised from death. This is the good news that I tell people. And because I tell this message, I am suffering. I am even bound with chains like someone who has really done wrong. But God's message is not bound. So I patiently accept all these troubles. I do this to help the people God has chosen that so that they can have the salvation that is in Jesus. Oh, Christ Jesus. With the salvation comes glory that never ends. Here's a true statement. If he died, oh, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If he rem- if we remain faithful even in suffering, we will also rule with him. If we refuse to say we know him, we will refuse he will refuse to say he knows us. If we are not faithful, he is still faithful because he cannot be false to himself. So, a loyal soldier of Jesus Christ suffers and accepts it, doesn't waste time, wants to only please his commanding officer, being God. So, share the word of Christ like he is calling you to do. Amen? And now lastly, let's talk about death. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Where it says, everyone must die once, then they are judged. So, there is no reincarnation like other people say. Once you die, you're dead. Period. End of story. But, spiritually, we... Now, let's... Let's just look at on the, let's look at this on a spiritual side. If we let the flesh die and we are born again in Christ, we obviously that's not a reincarnation. That's that's being being born again but in Christ. It kind of sounds like a reincarnation, but we're not we're still ourselves if that makes sense. We're still us. We're still in our physical body. But spiritually, we're no longer a sinful person. We are a person who, or people, in other words, um, who seek God's presence. We are not who we used to be. Why? Because we want to be like Christ Jesus is calling us to be, if that makes any sense. Leave comments, questions, if you want me to go into detail, if I can explain myself better in writing. Um, but anyways, let's go to First to John. First to John chapter 4, verse 17. First to John chapter 4, verse 17, where it says, And we live in God. Our love grows more perfect 
So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we will face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. I think this is the verse that it that is um explain uh explains me better than what I was trying to say for the previous verse, Hebrews chapter 9. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. First the John chapter 4:17 sums what I was trying to say. So in other words, our life in God, our love grows more perfect. We won't be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus Christ here on earth. Wow. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10. It says, whatever your hands find to do, do with all your strength. Because there is no work, planning, knowledge, or wisdom in Sheol. Where you are going. So in other words. Whatever you do while you're alive, do it with all your strength. Because once you die, there is no work. There's no planning, there's no knowledge, there's no wisdom, there's nothing. You're just there. You're in the grave. You're resting till Jesus comes back. End story. You're just there. Six feet deep into the grave. That's where you are. Waiting. But, if you're still alive, and Jesus comes back, then we'll go with him in the rapture. Those who are dead will be risen, resurrected by the power of Jesus. And together we will meet Jesus in the clouds. Amen. First of of Thessalonians chapter 4. First of Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 and 14. I'm trying to. Oh, 13 and 14. Got it. Okay, so it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and has has raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died see it's just we reworded differently first the corinthians chapter 15 i broke it into three sections trying to it's how do i say this it talks about resurrection hold on let me first find it in trying to explain okay so the first part is going to talk about the resurrection of christ the second part is going to talk about resurrection of the dead then it's going to talk about the third section the final one is going to talk about resurrection of the body so verse 
Let's go to verse 3 through 6. Where it says, I passed on to you what was the most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve, twelve apostles. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Verse 8 through 11. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, or last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him, Paul himself. Um... This is Paul speaking. Verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it is not I but God who was working who was working through me by his grace so it won't so it makes no difference whether i preach whether i preach or they preach for we all preach the same message you have already believed so resurrection of the dead verse 20 through 26 where it says but in fact Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through one man, Adam, now resurrection from the dead has become through another man, Jesus. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, the end will come. We, oh, When he will return the kingdom over to God the Father... Oh, when he will, oh, oops, I read this, I read this really fast, and let me reread verse 24. (laughs) It says, after the, after that, the end will come, when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Verse 42 through 49 is the part of the resurrection of the body. Um... Hold on, let me find it. There we go. It is, verse 42, It is the same way with resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. Six feet into the grave. 
into the dirt is what I was trying to say. Um, anyways, but it says, but they will be raised to live forever when Jesus comes. 43. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a living, a life-giving spirit. Sorry. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, dust, um, referring to Adam. And heavenly people are like the heavenly man, referring to Jesus. Just as we are now, like the earthly man, Adam, we will someday be like the heavenly man, Jesus. This is referring to rapture coming, the dead rise, we're all spirit. And the people who are alive get transformed into their spiritual body. And we're all one in... We are all one in Christ. In heaven. So, 51 through 53. Where it says... But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we all oh, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to life forever. Oh, right to live forever. And those who are living will also be transformed. For our dying body must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal body must be transformed into immoral bodies. Are you guys picking up what, you know, is being said? So from us going to fleshly and um, sinful, we physically die, to spiritually live in Christ, but also we are resurrected by Jesus' power. And for those who have not, you know, have not died physically, they get transformed then we're in Jesus's presence and we go to heaven meanwhile the seven years of tribulation happen here on earth that's what it was referring to when I can't remember what verse I think it was 40 it was 42 through 49 where it was or 42 through 49 where it was talking about how uh Jesus has to 
Jesus turns over the kingdom to the Father. Meanwhile, Jesus is humbling all the enemies to his feet. That's what has to happen. Um, now let's go to 57 and 58, where it says, But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. 58. So my brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8. Second of Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8. So I say that we have confidence and we really want to be away from this body and be at home with the Lord. So once achieved that full confidence, then the wanting to be with Jesus in heaven will be the main thing that we ever will want to do. Amen. While alive. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 21, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 through 24. Um, here it is. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, if I live on in the flesh, that means fruitful work for me. And I don't know which one I should choose. I am torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. So, to live is Christ and to die is gain. In other words, living for Jesus has its moments and there's suffering. But when it comes time to die, it's a gain. Why? Because it's a step closer to being in his glorious presence. Some people will be torn to pieces knowing that they're leaving behind family and friends. But their heart is set to go home and see them in heaven. Referring to the family. So, and that is it for today's devotional. Sorry, it was a little too long. But before we close, I'd like to close off in prayer. Lord, thank you for this time in your presence. Holy Spirit, thank you for sharing with us what was in the heart of the Father. Lord, I pray for those who have an addiction whatever it may be, drugs, alcohol, porn, shopping, exercise, um, eating in excess or not eating at all. Um, I don't know, anything that puts you in second place. Whatever it may be, um, that you help them realize that they are only hurting themselves and the people that they care for and love. 
Lord, embrace them with your embrace them with your arms in their moments that they feel are low and alone when they need that special comfort. God fill the hole that they have in their heart. Let your love, peace, rest, and guidance reach them and fill them and help them to realize that it is time for a change, a fresh start with you. For those who are oppressed, depressed, and are wanting to die, Lord, reach them, grab them, give them a new hope in you. Remind them that killing themselves isn't the answer because that idea comes from the enemy. Remind them that love can only be found in you. That you are the light that they need in the midst of their situation. Whatever it may be. Lord, help those who no longer want to listen to their loved one anymore. Listen attentively to the prayers of those loved ones as they pour out their heart for the one who has the addiction of any type oppressed depressed and is attempting and is attempting to kill themselves lord you are never late you are always on time and even when we don't see the answer help us lord and help the person who is in need lord you are faithful till the end Thank you for everything that you give for us. And thank you for this for this day. We are in the middle of a week, in the middle of a pandemic that is never ending and it's only getting worse. New strands of COVID-19 are coming out and they're stronger and people are more worried. Lord Christ Jesus, just you know, bring just supernatural peace over your children and Cover us with your precious blood, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So, God willingly, next Wednesday, I will be sharing with you guys the message of breaking the unwanted chains. Um, I don't know. Share, share with a friend. Share with a family member. Um, the podcast. Bless others with the word of God and, well, have a blessed, victorious, and prosperous rest of the week. Be careful, hold your loved ones, love your loved ones, and most importantly, keep seeking God in his presence no matter what your situation is. Lean into him, depend more on him instead of doing the opposite because he's the one that's going to give you strength in the midst of what you're going through. So, God bless everybody and I will share with you guys next Wednesday, Breaking the Unwanted Chains.